you could change any choices you have ever made, would you? You can always make another choice and change the course of your success. Everyone has the potency to make inspired choices. Get ready to listen, share, and experience the creativity that is you. Now, here is the host of Inspired Choices Radio Show, Holographist Coach, Christine McIver. Welcome, 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 everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is May the 20th, 2020. I've been looking at that all day, and it's just popping for me. I don't know. To me, it seems like it's something very special. And with that, we do have a special show tonight. I'm very excited to welcome Suzanne Dietrich, who is a registered dietitian tonight. And we're going to be talking about intuitive eating and what's all the hype. So welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thank you, Christine. I'm excited to be here. Woohoo! Yeah, we've been planning this for, well, we've been talking about doing this for a long time, and I'm glad that the, the time has finally arrived. Maybe, Suzanne, we needed to uh, wait until there was complete and total chaos in the world in order to have this conversation. What do you think? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it seems to fit the bill. <laughs> Well, listen, before we dive into tonight's show, I want to tell everybody a little bit about myself. I am a holographic coach. I work with individuals and organizations to really bring them to their heart's desires. I do it very quickly, whether it's through your business, through relationships, through self-esteem development, whatever that is, we target very, very quickly and use tools and techniques to have you move beyond maybe places where you're stuck or you're feeling confused and really start to actualize your desires. Everything is available to you here and now, and it is a pleasure for me to work with you in order to have you experience the life that you've been thinking about, dreaming about, and haven't yet brought forth. So do connect with me, Christine, at inspiredchoices.ca, or you can check out all of my programs, including including Bust the Doubt Out, a program that I put together that I just absolutely loved. And, oh, my gosh, there's so much doubt in the world. It's definitely a program that is one of the favorites. So you can check all of that out at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, let me tell you about my guest tonight. Her name is Suzanne Dietrich. She is a registered dietitian and the owner of Gut Instincts Nutrition Counseling, which is operated out of Waterloo and Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and she also does her work virtually, which is a really good thing right now. (laughs) Suzanne (laughs) is a certified intuitive eating counselor. She sees clients individually to find a healthy relationship with food, whether that may be moving away from dieting, working towards eating disorder recovery, or managing gut health. Suzanne believes all foods fit and all bodies fit. I really like that. She helps her clients unfold their own definition of health and to develop a way of eating that takes into account nutrition, but just as importantly, access time, life situation, trauma, health conditions, financial ability, food skills, preferences, and pleasure. She's the mom of two boys, and may I say, very cute, wonderful boys. One highly energetic, the other one a deep thinker. She's passionate about growing children that feel confident in their bodies and have a peaceful relationship with food. Because of this, she co-developed an an online program called Growing Intuitive Eaters to help parents navigate mealtimes and foster body-confident kids. 
You can connect with uh, Suzanne at her website, gutinstincts.ca. You can also find her on Instagram. She is Food Peace Mama. Uh, you can find her on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, just Google her name, you'll find her. So that is the, the formal of Suzanne. Uh, I'm going to tell you informally, she's one of my beautiful nieces. I've known Suzanne, well, since the moment she was born. I had the pleasure of uh, of watching her grow, and uh, I actually have a picture on my desk. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Suzanne. It's a picture of my dad, Suzanne's grandfather, and he's sitting eating and Suzanne, this is such a poignant picture for our conversation tonight because you are standing behind him and I can just see you looking through smiling and it's as if you're watching him eat. <laughs> it's, just, it's, a, it's a great photo and it really speaks to how much I know that you've really been paying attention over the years all about food. So Let's kind of start at the beginning. What got you started? What got you attracted to being in the role that you are in the world today? That's a really good question. Um, so I, it's a long answer. So I started out, um, I have a degree in social development studies, and, you know, I was I was in an accident, um, a serious accident when I was 17. And, um, you know, there was lots of... Um, ramifications for that but one of the positives that came out of it is I decided you know I had a social worker in the hospital that came to visit me and she helped me you know distract myself and she brought me different games to play and the special board where I could sit up and do drawing and I remember that experience thinking uh, I was in grade 11 and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I needed to start making some decisions about you know potentially post-secondary education and career and um you know, after that experience, I decided that I wanted to help people. And so, um, you know, I did go and I pursued um, a degree in social development studies and I worked in nonprofit agencies for a number of years doing different types of community work, um, HIV, AIDS, education and promotion. I worked at emergency food hamper programs and um, I worked as an employment counselor. And so I love that work. Um, but I was also really interested in food insecurity and food security at that time. And so I decided that I would go back to school to become a dietitian. And, um, you know, through my schooling and doing my placement afterwards, I realized that, you know, I was definitely interested in food security, but I really missed working with people and I didn't want to work on policy, you know. So maybe that's something mm -hmm. I'll do down the road. Um, but I wanted to help people again one-to-one. And so I did um, a placement at Homewood Health Center in Guelph uh, during my internship, and it was in the eating disorders program. And that's where I learned for the first time about intuitive eating and normal eating. And even though I just completed a degree in nutrition and completed most of my dietetic internship, the training that's required to become a dietitian, um, I felt like through all of that, you know, there was lots of talk about how to, lots of knowledge and testing about how to prevent certain diseases and how to um, provide nutrition therapy regarding certain diseases, but there wasn't a lot about how to help people with their relationship with food. And mm -hmm. um, so that's what I monitored the dietitian doing and was privileged to be able to, um, you know, observe and support some of these patients with eating disorders um, through their journey. And so that's where 
I, um, that's where I kind of started all this and that passion was ignited. Mm. That's a very cool journey. You, you definitely have been working in a lot of different areas of supporting people. What was it about um, the intuitive eating that really popped for you personally? So I think, you know, personally, I was somebody who um, was exposed to dieting at a young age um, from, you know, various, you know, diet culture, family members. And, you know, I definitely experimented with dieting for myself um, when I was, you know, my first university degree. And um, and so I would probably say about, you know, probably 10 years of my life, I I was dieting um, or trying to do some kind of diet to change my body through various, you know, I wasn't like an active member of any of them. I was just kind of doing things on my own and doing my own research and, um and then, so so that's how it, um, you know, that's how the dieting affected me personally. And, you know, I kind of moved away from it because I, I, you know, kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, this isn't really doing anything. And it had become a bit of an obsession for me with, you know, just monitoring so much what I was eating and monitoring my weight. And, um, and I'm not sure what clicked inside of me, but, you know, I just had, you know, one of those aha moments, very cheesy saying, right, that this just this just isn't working, right? This obsessing isn't working. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when I when I learned about intuitive eating and that it was it's a it's a framework for um, you know, um repairing one's relationship with food, it just really made sense to me. And um I, you know, even through my practice um before I um did a lot of this work. I just worked with so many people who were struggling with changing their relationship with food, changing their body, and you know they were coming to me because they, you know, they were kind of seeing me as a bit of nutrition police. You know, can you look at what I'm eating and tell me what I'm eating that's wrong, and tell me what I should be eating? And um, with intuitive eating, it's you know this is a self care framework, and it integrates instinct and emotion and rational thought. And it's mm-hmm. about um, looking at redeveloping body attunement or it's looking at kind of removing some of those obstacles towards body attunement. And so that's what I felt like I could help people with. Um, I did not feel right in the role of nutrition policing. Um, mm-hmm. I just felt like I was interrogating people and uh, judging people and um, I didn't want to do that. That just didn't speak to me. And that has the same, that has the the very same, uh, you know, energy and philosophy of dieting. You're policing. You're continuously policing and judging yourself, or you're or you're judging the food. So, what what? Give us a little bit more of a definition of, you know, what you see intuitive eating is. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's it's. So there's um, intuitive eating is a bit of a, it's a framework really, um, which was um, developed in 1995 by two dietitians, Evelyn Tribley and Elise Reich, and they're from the U.S. And so what it is, it's, um, it's a framework to help repair one's relationship with food. And so it's based on 10 principles. And um, what I do is I help people move through these principles um, to help them repair their relationship with food. 
and so people might not necessarily need to might all the principles might not apply to them um, but what I do at the beginning is we do a bit of an assessment to figure out um, you know what are people's rules around eating um, do they have knowledge um, and awareness of their hunger and fullness cues do they trust those mm. cues um, are they eating for physical reasons or emotional reasons um, do they you know what kind of foods are they you know having desires for or cravings for um, what's the relationship w like with movement right and so it's kind of like examining their beliefs and then slowly um, helping them figure out, you know, what is sustainable for them, what has not been sustainable for them, and how we can move, move towards a definition of health if that's what they are wanting for themselves at the time. So, that's fantastic. And how many of us, you know, we listen to our bodies when our bodies need to go to the washroom um, or mm -hmm. oftentimes when our bodies need to sleep, but yet we ignore the signals or maybe we don't even understand the signals maybe we have mixed <laughs> signals or we didn't get the handbook on the signals around eating <laughs> right like so many times i've heard often that the message of hunger is our body's way oftentimes of saying i need water and and not really being able to read that so so this is something that this program is something that you can customize for each individual based on what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and, and how to move beyond a lot of the barriers that they've been experiencing in their life? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. exactly. And, you know, so, I mean, often people will say that um, we're all born intuitive ears. And, you know, that might be true, that might not be true, but what what is the key is, has that intuitive eater inside a person been disrupted, right? Or has it been nourished, right? So we go back to, you know, a toddler, right? And when they're given their plate of food, um, as a parent, do we have an idea of how much they think we think that they should eat, right? And are we asking them to clean their plate? Or do we offer them some food and let them decide if they're going to eat it and how much they're going to eat it, right? But when, mm -hmm. you know, we're given messages, whether it's through a parent or a family member or a friend or a teacher or through diet culture, that makes us ignore those hunger and fullness cues um, mm -hmm. and it makes us not have trust in them. Right. And the other piece that's key here too, which I see in, in so many people, and so many people have experienced this and are still experiencing it, especially in this time, is food insecurity, right? So if somebody doesn't have access to food, then that is absolutely going to um, affect their hunger and fullness cues. Absolutely. Well, I want to hear more about all of that, but we're time for our first break of the show. So everybody stay tuned. We've got a lot more to hear from uh, if from with Suzanne. If you have questions, if you'd like to join us in the chat room, you can do so at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Uh, when you get there, if you'd like to call in, we have the numbers listed in the chat room on the homepage of the website. We've got, you know, quite a bit of, we've got, what, 30 minutes left in the show and uh, lots more questions for sure. So stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to Inspired Choices with myself, Christine McIver, my wonderful guest, Suzanne Dietrich, here on the Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. 
Many of us make choices in our lives based on our past experiences or what others believe. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire for our futures? When you join Inspired Choices Radio Show with Holographist Coach Christine McIver, you'll be provoked to look at what is true and what you know but may not choose that requires your attention. Christine does not hold back and brings all her expertise during each and every show. Are you ready to create the life and the living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Holographist Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. We do have a great guest, Suzanne Dietrich. And tonight we're talking about intuitive eating and what's it all about. So, Suzanne, before we went to break, you started to get into talking about cues for the body and how we're listening or maybe not listening or I haven't developed how to listen to the cues for our body. What's, what's the biggest um, barrier to that? Is it the diet culture that, we're, that has kind of silenced our listening to that? Yes, I think that is a big piece. Um, I will also just preface here that um, intuitive eating is something that um, – definitely um, has research behind it to uh, decrease eating disorder symptoms. But in somebody with an eating disorder, um, to work on their hunger and fullness cues at the beginning um, is not a place that we start, okay? So when you're asking about the hunger, um, you know, those, those cues are often subsided in someone with an active eating disorder. So when I give this answer, I just want to be clear that this is not some for someone with an active eating disorder. Right. Okay. So okay. you're not you're not giving out medical advice. You are yeah. assisting people to understand. But if you have a, something serious, you need to definitely seek out proper medical advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we kind of look at examining those hunger and fullness cues later on down the line when someone is more recovered from their eating disorder. The original question um, was um, how, do, how do these 
um, cues become disrupted. And so, you know, it can be, um, as I mentioned, diet culture. You know, a diet culture kind of tells us that we can't trust our body, right? And uh. just like you were mentioning earlier that when we need to go to the bathroom, you know, we listen to our body or when we need to sit down and go to sleep, those are all welcome cues usually that we say, oh, this is, this is a sign I need to do something. But diet culture encourages us to ignore those messages about hunger. And, you know, it gives us the message that hunger is wrong. And so that is just, you know, that's very incorrect because we need to nourish our bodies properly and our bodies giving those the, uh, us those cues. So, I mean, definitely um, those cues can be hindered by diet culture and also just um, being, you know, being told to not trust those cues. I, I work with... I've worked with so many adults, particularly adult women, that have been told from a young age, you know, 10, younger and, and older, like, but young age, that, that they need to go on a diet or that, you know, um, you, you shouldn't be eating that or, you know what, you can have, you can have an apple for dessert, but your brother can have a piece of cake, right? Oh. And so, you know, some of those messages can be, you know, they can be potentially traumatic for someone, right? Child. And, and, so and long-lasting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, most of my clients are, are women in their 50s that are realizing that, or that have come to the, uh, you know, they've come to the awareness that this isn't working for them. And they're very confused about what to eat, what they shouldn't eat, how to eat, they're just so confused by all the rules and, and diet culture is really um, confusing. And that's because, you know, there's new de diets developed and introduced to us every single day. Right. But we have to realize that this is like a multi-million dollar industry that's trying to get us to buy products and their product isn't working. And this industry tells us, oh, it's not the product that's the problem. It's you that's the problem because you can't follow it. Right. When they really just want us to start jumping on the bandwagon of a new diet. Yeah, it it's so crazy. I remember when my daughter was very young. She was six years old, and she came home from school one day, and I don't know, she was fussing about an outfit or something, and I said, what's wrong? She goes, I, I need to go on a diet. And I was like, mm. what? Six years old. And I was not somebody to walk around talking about being on a diet. Yes, I was impacted by my culture around me and so on as well, but it, it wasn't. those were not words that I used. I've always had the philosophy of, I don't want to diet, maybe I want to change my behavior, but not, you know, this elimination and, and wait until after something occurs for me to go back to breathing and eating what I like to eat. So that mm -hmm. was really a sobering moment to hear her speak those words. And, you know, I wonder how many other parents out there are struggling with trying to figure out, I mean, if we in our 50s, are just waking up to, wait a second, is there something wrong here? How are we doing or how have we done with raising children? And and if we don't know how to listen to our own intuitive bodies or our bodies with our intuitiveness, how are we teaching our children? Like, has that, is that change? Do you see that changing? You have two small children, Suzanne. Do you see that changing in their age group? Or is it still very much the same as when we were all growing up? I see it actually, I do see it changing a lot. Um, what I do see is that, you know, a lot of, um, 
you know, people that I work with, as I mentioned, mainly mainly moms I work with, um, are are starting to recognize that um, they they would like to change their relationship with food. And one of the the factors that kind of triggers that is having children, um, you know, because you know they've they've gone along with their their relationship with food. They've maybe done some dieting, um, and then when they but they've realized that potentially this hasn't been sustainable for them, and they don't want their child to go through this. So um, I often see people that are coming out for for help when um, to kind of prevent this dieting or prevent try to prevent disordered eating in their children. Um, and I think that's, you know, a wonderful gift to give your children, um, you know, as a parent, but at the same time, it, it is a process and it does require a lot of work. And I, what I see is, you know, from generations, I work with a lot of people who, you know, parents or grandparents went through um, a bit of depression area, era and they grew up kind of with the clean their plate model. So that was passed down onto the next generation. And now, you know, for people that are in more of a food secure position, you know, they're realizing that they don't need to do that. And, you know, those rules clean your plate. You can, you have to eat your vegetables. You have to eat your carrots before you have your cake. Um, those kind of rules they're realizing didn't work for them. And they're trying to figure out how to change that for their own children. Thank goodness. And, <laughs> and they're all, that's crazy. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I said that's crazy. I'm I, I'm really happy to hear that that's changing for people. Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, you know, there's some people that you know they they're almost they're almost hiding their relationship with food um, from their children, you know, because it has caused them a lot of pain, and they don't want their children to see this, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I think it's good um, if anyone wants to work at it at any time, you know, it, it needs to be done when the person is ready. Um, you know, it's Evelyn Tribley, one of the authors of intuitive eating. She says, you know, that intuitive eating is an inside job, right? It's not here you go here, follow this diet plan. It's let's take a look at, you know, what your history has been around dieting, you know, what comfort did it provide you? Is it a coping strategy for something, right? You know, I have I have people who, you know, this is their main hobby. Their main hobby is dieting. So it is definitely providing something for them. But we kind of, you know, I challenged them to think, okay, um, you know, how much of your time are you spending thinking about your body and changing your body? And some of these rules that you have for yourself around when to eat, what to eat, what not to eat, you know, how is that helpful for you? And and so we kind of work to kind of kind of peel some of those layers um, to look a little bit deeper at that relationship with food. I love that. I love those questions because it really does have you stop and, and, and think about that, right? Where no one has ever really challenged us about that. I mean, <laughs> I know growing up, I mean, you know, our – my parents were fabulous at providing food, but, you know, it was definitely, there was a lot of people around the table, you know, I'm one of 10 children and it was like, okay, first of all, we raced to the to the dining room table to eat and we used to say whoever e- eats the fastest gets the mostest <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you ate everything that was in front of you. You didn't even think about, you know, I think I've had enough. That. I don't ever remember hearing or seeing that, and certainly I didn't feel that way. I I would eat the food. I personally enjoyed eating. I liked the taste of it, but there was this: you eat everything on your plate, and this ridiculous man, you know, 
thing that we used to say to children, you know, there's people starving in Africa. It's like, well, what does that have to do with me eating food here? Like, you know, I'm sure it came from a genuine place of parents trying to figure this out, but it Mm -hmm. it certainly messed a lot of us up, right? Um, Yeah, it's general, you know, it has really impacted so many people's relationship with food. And, you know, the, the science is coming out and we're learning, right? Like, we're lucky to live in an era of science and you know the science is coming out that let's 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 fix this let's fix this for the next generation right yeah yeah please and let's you know fix it for ourselves for the rest of our lives because we still have plenty of years to to live um it's it's fascinating you know when you start to become very present and conscious with the words how people speak and and the the judgment that comes out of people as they're talking to you about food it's it's fascinating and people don't realize you know for the most part most people are just you know repeating what they heard or what's around them but it's absolutely fascinating how much judgment and how many belief systems are being projected at us when it comes to food and mm-hmm. it's really it's very, very overwhelming. I mean, it's, from listening to things online or even being, you know, in a restaurant or even getting takeout, it's fascinating the things that come out of people's mouths. And it feels to me like a really big job that uh, intuitive eating teachers like yourself have to, to do to, to really start to show people that there is a major difference in that can be had in our lives especially in the area of food mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know it's it's kind of like um you know there's certain things that you know we're kind of talk you know okay don't talk about politics don't talk about religion right and you know i'd yes. like to kind of add to that statement you know don't talk about people's food choices um you know it's it's you know i often say to people my plate my business Right. And Uh so there's, you know, like there's the science and there's the diet culture, but also there's there's this community that like this diet culture community that exists in our schools, in our institutions, in our workplaces, in churches. Right. It's it's in our families. Right. And so, you know, often a lot of people I work with when it comes to a family gathering, you know, they're they have some angst about that because they're afraid that they're going to get comments made about what they're eating and they just want to enjoy their meal, right? Mhm. And yeah. so, you know, part of part of intuitive eating is um one of the um principles is called challenge the food police. And and so part of that inside part is to kind of examine negative talk that a person might have and um maybe some beliefs, unhelpful beliefs or irrational beliefs or um distorted thinking or voices around food um that the person might have. Um, and then start boundaries for themselves. And then also mm. we kind of move that out to the external world too, right? And we do a lot of work around boundary setting um, in terms of other people making comments, right? And helping to give people the language about that um, in their external right. circles. That's very, very cool. On, we're going to go for another break, and we do want to talk about a fabulous gift that you're you're giving one of our listeners. But before we do, I, I just want I'm just kind of popping in my mind. What's the average length of time that someone could expect it would take them to really start to tap into 
uh, intuitive eating for themselves? That's a really hard question to answer. Um, <laughs> it, I guess it would say it depends how long the person has been had this relationship with food. You know, I've got clients that I work with for, you know, six months, and then I've got clients that I have been working with for three years. So, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a process. Right. Um, is, um, do we, can we start to see um, some changes in a very fairly short period of time as we start to work with this body of work? Yes. Yes, I definitely see that. If if people are, you know, really ready to embrace it, um, then, you know, they can they can start to examine some of the food rules that they have. And then, um, you know, they can kind of see, okay, oh, look at all these food rules that I have. Look at how often I'm interrogating myself around this. And they start to kind of let go some of that, um, those questions. And then they can start to eventually... Um, um, shorten that list of forbidden foods that they have and start to bring some of these foods back into their life that they've been denying themselves for so long. And and mm. sometimes what happens is the foods that were so exciting before that they were forbidden, once they allow them back into their life, they realize that they enjoy them, um, but maybe they don't enjoy them as much as they thought they would. Um, it's just because they were forbidden. Huh, interesting. The forbidden fruit. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I often have people who say that they have, you know, like a love-hate relationship with chips or with chocolate, right? And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like if we had a, a like a, a child come come into our space and we had, you know, like 50 toys in one corner of the room and, and one toy over in the other corner of the room. And we said to that child, you can play with any of those 50 toys, but don't touch that one over there, what are they going to want to do? Of course. They're going to want the one they, they're, gonna, they're not allowed to touch. Exactly, exactly. So if we can bring those part of, you know, it's just, it's just food, then, you know, we can develop, um, you know, more of all foods fit attitude. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I think some of the, the notions about intuitive eating is that, you know, it's just people are eating donuts all the time and eating french fries all the time. And, and you know, part of that might occur at the beginning because the person has, you know, not let themselves have those foods. But after a while, once that person can get a little bit more in touch with their hunger cues and maybe bring a little bit more mindfulness into their eating, they'll start to realize, you know, I want something crunchy today or I want something cold or hot or you know maybe i feel like broccoli today or maybe i feel like bacon today or maybe i feel like both right um Mm -hmm. i often see people they start to you know um do more intentional eating right and they figure out what feel food feels good in their body without the deprivation Mm, i like that i like that it's 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 so fascinating suzanne that that there is so much available to us to learn, to grow, and and to have a better relationship with food. Um, I can remember, I, I was very young, I can remember thinking to myself, I wish we didn't have to deal with food. And I don't mm-hmm. know where that came from. I, I honestly don't remember, I mean, I did. I don't remember having a negative relationship with food. I just can remember thinking, like, why do we bother with this? 
I don't know whether it was it was that it took up so much time or that I just I didn't enjoy the whole process of having to prepare it and then clean up after mm. it. Maybe I just wanted to go and play. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but mm. as I grew and as, you know, my body changed as I became a woman and then, you know, as a mother and then trying to figure out, okay, what's the right thing to feed my children, that voice in my head got louder and louder and to the point that I was like, gosh, I wish somebody else could just prepare the food and just put it in front of me. And and I know that there were many days that I was, I felt like I was just regurgitating the same meals over and over and over again. And I think during that process, I, I really did turn off the the communication with my body and with food. So what's what's one of the ways that we can begin to turn that communication back on with our bodies and food? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um I I think um I think doing some experimentation, you know, so um looking at um First of all, kind of thinking about, I often encourage my clients to think about what is one like non-weight-related health goal. Um, so I have I have clients that say, um, you know, I just want food to be about enjoyment um, and pleasure versus so much worried about nutrition and trying to change my body, right? Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, and so that might be okay. You know, I I haven't had one of these one of these. You know, um, I'm just trying to think like these like creamy rice puddings in a while. I'm going to have one of these. And so what I encourage the person to do is to just bring a little bit of mindfulness to that. So when I say that, it's like kind of sit down, try to eat it without distraction, um, and then really kind of pay attention to the flavor, the smell, how it feels in your mouth. Um, you know, how the um, components get stuck around your teeth, um, you know, the aftertaste, all of those um, pieces of information, and then kind of tune in, how does that feel in one's body? Because Mm. often when people have foods that they don't allow themselves to eat, when they kind of give in, and so sometimes, you know, um, intuitive eating, we call it the diet rebel, right? So a person's on the diet, they're on the diet, and then it's like the diet isn't working because it's not giving them what they need. So then they say, oh, you know, what the heck? I'm going to go eat like a whole dozen donuts, and they eat it very quickly, and they're not paying attention to it. And um, in the end, they're like, oh, did I just eat those six donuts? So this is about kind of <laughs> slowing down a little bit and mm-hmm. – um enjoying it, right? And so I often mm-hmm. say to people that if if you are using food as a way to um, cope with some emotions, try not to put judgment on that, okay? Because I say to my, I say, you know, that that is a time, that's what the person did in the moment that they needed to do, okay? And then let's mm-hmm. explore some other ways that um, a person can show themselves kindness during challenging emotions. Uh, I really, really like that. Wow. Okay, we are going to go for our last break of the show. When we get back, 
Uh, we're going to find out about this wonderful gift, that the free book that Suzanne is actually gifting one of our listeners. And we're going to ask Suzanne a few more questions and find out more about the programs that Suzanne offers. So you're listening to Inspired Choices with myself, Christine McIver, my fabulous guest, Suzanne Dietrich, here on the Inspired Choices Network. And stay tuned. We'll be right back. Many of us make choices in our lives based on our past experiences or what others believe. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire for our futures? When you join Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver, you'll be provoked to look at what is true and what you know but may not choose that requires your attention. Christine does not hold back and brings all her expertise during each and every show. Are you ready to create the life and the living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you ready to have pleasure with your business? Yes, I said pleasure with your business. The pleasure of business a la carte will surprise you with topics like meet yourself in the boardroom, money, services, and you. Expand your visibility. The pleasure of communication. The pleasure of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Christine McIver has so much pleasure with business and loves teaching all things business. Beginning a new business? Desiring to expand a current business? or looking to resurrect a business that has been dormant. This program will get you fired up and bring more pleasure than you have ever imagined. Exhausted with your excuses for not creating a phenomenal business? Join now for all the pleasure with business. Pleasure of Business a la carte gives you total choice for what you desire and what your business requires. That's 24 weeks of different topics to choose from with weekly calls, audio and video recordings, and PDFs. This class will have you dive right in and use tools to create the business that has been speaking to you. Go to inspiredchoices.ca for full details or join the Facebook page, Pleasure O Business a la carte. Now is the time for you and your business. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us tonight, we've been speaking with Suzanne Dietrich all about intuitive eating and what all the hype is about that. And, you know, I don't think it's hype. I think it's actually major gifts 
in, in what you're doing in the world, Suzanne, and what you've shared with us tonight, I can tell you for sure I am going to be listening more and starting to utilize some of the things you shared tonight as I begin to enjoy my relationship with food in a totally new way. So I'm super excited about that. I'm also really excited about the gifts that you're going to be giving. You have a free um, offer of a free ebook for upcoming intuitive eating, the fourth edition book. So can you tell us about the book? Absolutely. So um, this book was first published in 1995, and there's been three editions come out, and the authors have now um, published the fourth edition, but it's not out yet. Um, they've changed a little bit of the language. They've changed um, a little bit of the principal names, and I'm really excited to see the new book because, you know, I have to be honest, in reading the third version, sometimes there's some comments that come out that, you know, they put a little bit of shame on uh, on weight and certain um, weight sizes or shame on um, eating for emotional reasons. And so um, I've been watching the authors in their Instagram profiles and they've they've done a lot of research and learning around social justice and um, kind of the historical roots of diet culture, which is often related to race as well, too. And so they've incorporated that into the new book. And so this is going to be released in June. And so I wanted to share this with one special guest. I'm so excited to read it. And I just thought I want someone to have the new version um, rather than the old version. So I wanted to share that. Awesome. That's fantastic. So the... Um... <laughs> Rhonda says, I think it's quite fun that your last name is Diet Rich. Yes. Oh, yeah. that, as, a young, as a young child, that's how I learned how to spell it, <laughs> was breaking it up like that. And, uh, you know, what would it actually take for all of us to actually be enriched by the food and feel rich as we're eating whatever we're eating that speaks to our bodies? I think that would be a wonderful place for us to be. So for people to actually um, be able to take advantage of this free offer, what you're asking them to do is to go to your web website, correct, and mm -hmm. to join the waiting list for your Growing Intuitive Eaters program. Is that correct? Um, you know what? Actually, if people would like to just send me an email, um, at okay. info at gutinstincts.ca, and then just in the okay. title, put radio um, with their name. Um, I will draw a lucky winner. Nice. Okay, so um, we will actually, if you're listening to this live or you're listening to this in the replay, we're actually going to have Suzanne's email address right in the post. And we'll put a little note about this book. So the book, again, is called uh, Intuitive Eating, 4th Edition. And mm -hmm. uh, you can definitely send Suzanne an email so that you can have the opportunity of winning this book. I think this is great. And if somebody is definitely looking to have a better experience what a, with food, what a wonderful opportunity that you're, you're providing, Suzanne. Thank you so much. Um, so, Suzanne, what... What are some of your favorite things about facilitating this program? Um, and I know you do you also do a program for children as well as adults? No, not yet. So mainly I do one to one um, 
for um, adults and also teens. Sometimes I have children, but often I, I work with the parents. But the online program that I've created with my colleague is for parents. And so what we do is we walk them through, they've got six weeks of video content. Um, it's about 10 hours of video content. And then we meet with the group uh, once a week for six weeks for an hour. And it's an opportunity for them to have their questions answered. And um, so, you know, it, it really starts with the parents kind of working on their own relationship with food and understanding how, you know, we kind of mesh intuitive eating with um, another approach by Ellen Satter, which is called the division of responsibility. And what that does is it adds a bit of structure to intuitive eating for children. So, for example, you know, when we, we say to someone, honor your hunger cues, and, um, you know, to a child, that might look like I can go in the fridge anytime I want to. Right. So that's mm. it's hard to have to run a household like that. Um, so pairing the intuitive eating with division of responsibility will allow the parent to help to kind of nourish that intuitive eater that's within the child, but will give them some structure and guidance on that. Nice. That's awesome. And How it, do you deal? Go ahead. And it also we one thing we work at both I work at on an individual level and in the group is is helping people change their mindset a bit, right? So, you know, um, food policing that someone is doing internally, you know, like I can't eat that, um, that's going to change my body in this way, you know, changing it to, well, I can eat that and I'm, I, I really enjoy that food and I'm going to um, be, you know, have mindfulness when I'm eating it. I'm going to pay attention to the taste, to how it smells, to the mouthfeel. Um, you know, so it, it's, in, it's, this is all about having an attitude of curiosity rather than judgment. And I often, so it's about changing the mindset, but then it's also changing the language that we speak to ourselves and other people, right? And so when it comes to our children, it's all about changing how we speak to them. So instead of saying, you need to uh, finish this on your plate before you have dessert, it's here's the food and kind of leave it at that. And if, you know, if the child says, I don't want to eat that or I don't like that, you know, just saying, that's okay, you don't need to eat that, right? And so it's, this is about try, trying to, as I said, change the mindset and also working on helping them change their language that you, they're using internally and externally. Yeah, because I'm sure that there, we're often, I know, I know I did it, you hear your own parents as you speak to your <laughs> children and, and you start to repeat the exact same behavior and then, I don't know, it's, it's, it can be incredibly uh, confusing. Yes. And, you know, I often say to people, you know, like, would you um, would you speak to a friend or a loved one who was struggling with his or her eating this way? Right. 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 Likely I, not. I, I absolutely love that. How does someone manage? How does a family manage um, intuitive eating for several members? I, I would imagine it could get quite challenging as the person who's actually preparing food. Yeah, so kind of what that looks like is, first of all, the parent is role modeling a healthy relationship with food to start off, right? And mm. um, a healthy relationship with their body and movement. And so that will help set the stage for the child to continue to enjoy food and movement. And so, you know, definitely I would say with the larger family, um, having some, you know, meal planning is helpful. Often, um, you know, I say to people, 
try and have, don't cater to each different child. Otherwise, you end up in a short order cook situation and that can be exhausting and one can burn out from that very quickly, right? So it's often about mm-hmm. offering something at every meal that you know each child is comfortable with, right? So it could okay. be, it could be bread or it could be potatoes or, you know, so there's something at the table for everyone, right? Um, and I mean, I'm not a picky eater specialist. I'm not a pediatric dietitian. That's why I work with my colleague, Jay Baum, in this course, because she is. Um, but it's, you know, when we're working with selective or picky eaters, there's definitely some strategies we use there. But it's all about the parent, you know, making the meal family style, putting the meal on the table, you know, telling the family what, what everything is. And for the little ones, you know, it's helping them get the food on their plate, um, you know, helping them with food exploration and having a light mm. meal, light in terms of the sense of light conversation as opposed to focusing on, hey, have you tried that? Are you going to try that? Can you have one bite of that? And because it's, it's all <laughs> about trying to remove, remove the pressure, remove the pressure. Oh because when we gosh, feel pressure... Yeah, when we feel pressure, I just heard my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so you know, and that's what that's what diet culture is. That starts with the adult, right? And then we can kind of that can be trickled down to the other people in our life. Right. Oh my gosh, this is so fascinating, Suzanne. You're doing such a fabulous, fabulous work, and I so appreciate everything you've shared tonight. It's it's certainly something that all of us can be benefiting from uh, watching our language to ourselves, to our bodies, and of course to to those around us, and most certainly to to young people around us. Um, and you know, I'm I'm sure we could talk for another hour about how to deal with um, people projecting their belief systems at us with the food. But we're coming mm. to a close. And I just want to uh, give you a shout-out again. If you'd like to connect with Suzanne, you can go to gutinstincts.ca. Uh, of course, if you'd like to take advantage of the opportunity of getting that book, you can email her, info at gutinstincts.ca, and do mention that you heard her here on the radio show, and you'll have an opportunity to win that book. And do check out all of her programs. She's got a lot of different programs that people can be participate in or take advantage of programs that you uh, or products that you've already created to assist people. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, any last words you'd like to tell us? We have about 20 seconds to go. Yeah, briefly, I just want to also say that intuitive eating has a lot of research behind it. Um, improved cardiovascular um, risks, body improved body satisfaction, increased physical activity, and decreased disordered eating. And if you're interested in looking at those studies, check out the Intuitive Eating website at intuitiveeating.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. We'll see you all next week. And remember, you can always make another choice. Thank you for choosing to listen to Inspired Choices Radio Show. Christine McIver will return next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, be willing to choose what you really desire. This is your life. Making the choices that bring you all that you